This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Strupp. It is Monday, May 16th, and today we'll have some takeaways from the weekend and the playoffs as the conference finals are here, plus... We will continue our season in review episodes with the sixth round of Fantasy Leagues in the spotlight today. To do all this, I'm joined by the man in the Mavericks hat, Steve Alexander. Steve, your weekend. Let's do a, let's do one of our fill-in-the-blanks here. How was the weekend? The weekend was blank. Hmm. Interesting. My weekend was interesting. My golf, my golf tournament that I was all fired up, my five club. Oh, yeah, the old five club. I got off to a blistering start, Matt. I was one over after six holes. Okay. It's feeling good. Everything was working. And then it putting with the sand wedge. You're you're burying putts with that sand wedge. No, I actually took the Scotty out there. I I, I took my putter out there. I left oh. the sand wedge at home. It may have been a mistake. Okay. I, that was a last minute judgment call. Um wow. So that didn't go quite as planned. And then it was also interesting, you know, my NASCAR pool that I run by hand with my my friends here in Delaga. Sure. I caught something on on the old internet on the on the Twitter Sunday morning sure. about Kurt Bush's car. And his his car was wrapped in a Air Jordan 3 color scheme. So the the elephant print was Whoa. on there and the the logo man was on the on the hood. So I sent my group a text. I'm like, I have to have this car on my team today. So I switched it up, dropped Ryan Blaney, picked up the Air Jordan car, and dude, he won the race. It's his first win in like he hasn't won in forever. Like it was a miracle. Wow. It was a he was like a you know 85 to one Kentucky Derby long shot type of pick. Wow. Uh, so that was that was and I still didn't win any money because I I picked the rest of my team was garbage, but at least I picked him. Uh, and then, you know, the Celtics won in a snoozer, and then the, the mm-hmm. Suns won in an unthinkable – or the, I mean, the, the Mavs won in an un- unthinkable snoozer. So I, as far as my weekend goes, Matt, it ended on an extremely high note. Yeah. Man, those games on Sunday, we were talking right before this – what before we started. I mean – as far as can you think of a two more anticlimactic game sevens imaginable? I mean, the Celtics beat the Bucks one hundred nine to eighty one, and then the Mavs beat the Suns one twenty three to ninety. In that second game, Phoenix scored twenty seven points in the first half. Steve, I mean, what were you? What was going through your mind? You had been a little bit in disbelief as a guy who, you know, actively roots for the Mavericks. Yeah, I was. I was really quite nervous yesterday going into this, and I I was like, maybe. Maybe they can do it. Maybe the Suns can win, or maybe the Mavs can win at Phoenix. And you know, then Luca comes out. He hits that fadeaway, skyscraping moonshot from the free throw line to kick things off. And then he goes back to back threes, one from his sweet spot, one from the corner. And all of a sudden, he's got eight points, and the Mavs or, or the Suns are already you know on their heels, reeling. 
And they mm-hmm. just never looked back, man. I, I cannot believe really how bad the Suns looked last night. As if it wasn't bad enough that, you know, Luca basically tied them by himself at halftime. What, 27 yes. to 27? 27 27, I think. Yeah. And then this whole DeAndre Ayton thing with, I guess he got into it with Monty on the bench and was yeah. benched for the. With eight minutes left in the third quarter, he never got back in the game, which I didn't even really notice at the time because it was such a blowout. I didn't I didn't think any of those stars should be out there risking injury at that point. But now it's internal. He's a free agent. Right. He was the number one pick of Luca's draft, Luca and Trey and him. And don't forget Marvin Bagley. Um, oh, never. So is never. is DeAndre Ayton done as a son? I don't, I don't really know. I mean – they are really going to have to go back to the drawing board after this disaster. Yeah. So just this was a blurb on NBC Sports Edge on our player news page this morning, Monday morning. Yeah. And he said, Monty Williams referring to Aiden only playing 17 minutes said, quote, it's internal. And yeah, as you said, he's a restricted free agent. So that's an that's an odd headline. I mean, I think our blurb kind of put it as this could easily go away and be nothing, but certainly something to watch given Aiden's free agency status. Given how bad he played last night, I mean, he was terrible when when he was in there. And also, he didn't just say it's internal. the The tweet from the dude that was in the presence of Monty when he said that was mm-hmm. like the most emphatic way I've ever heard him speak. Wow, <laughs> it's internal. Wow. Yeah, and then the Chris Paul legacy—the only guy to to lose to go be up two o five times and lose all five times. Oh man, Devin Booker disappearing. I don't know, man. Like the the Chris Paul going fourteen for fourteen on the road in that game five last series. I think it was. It seems like it was a year ago now. Like it's and, all gone. Yeah, and and his season really ended ended just. Like totally, just seem out of gas all of a sudden. I don't well, know. Well, and there but... were reports of him having a hamstring issue. I believe it was some sort of injury, mm-hmm. and clearly, it looked like something was wrong. But if you talk right. to Pat Beverly, who's been on all the all over the place talking about Chris Paul, because they they've had a long history together, he's like, I would have benched him, man. He, he I would have benched him and seen what, what they could have done with somebody else in there, because clearly. And you know what I think happened to the Suns? I think they came out of the gate and they were targeting going after Luca and trying to get him in mm-hmm. foul trouble. And they were, I, I feel like they might have been so focused on that that mm-hmm. their, their shots weren't going in because they were just trying to right. get fouls. And then next thing they knew, they were down 15 points. And, and by the time yeah. they, you know, sobered up and figured out where they, what was going on, it was too late. Right. Yeah. You're, you're playing. You're playing to try to draw fouls on a specific player rather than just playing to try to get the best shot possible. You can see how that would go wrong if that was the case. And Matt, if um, if we somehow and because I think the Warriors are pretty heavy, heavily favored mm-hmm. over the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals, if Dallas somehow beats the Warriors, which I would not be that surprised at this point if they do, they would be home court. They would have home court advantage over the Boston Celtics if those two were to meet in the finals. By the way, just closing the book on these game sevens, a couple numbers that stood out to me. Um, for Dallas, Luca had 35, Dinwiddie had had 30, 
Jalen Brunson had 24. Those three combined for 89 out of their 123 points. No one else had more than six. It's a it's a flurry of six fives, fours, and threes in that box score for Dallas. Such a strange one to look at. Well, and then read the top three scores from the Phoenix box score. Okay, you talk about on. weird, dude. I mean, I, I got to pull that one up. Oh, you don't have it pulled up. I thought you had it pulled up. I've got it pulled up. No, right I here. had it written down, man. I got it now, though. Oh, I can Relax. tell you. It's Cameron Johnson with 12. All right. Oh, boy. Devin Booker with 11 on 3 of 14 shooting. Oh, Chris Paul. I forgot. Him. Yeah. Uh, and Chris then Paul had 10. Chris Paul, Chris Paul and Isaiah Wainwright each had Ish, 10. Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright. Okay. Whoever he is. Those four guys, as, as you between, like to say, as you like to say, a gentleman by the name of Ish Wainwright had ten points for the Suns. Between ten and twelve points, their their four leading scores had, and it's just what a nightmare, man! What an absolute nightmare that was. Crazy, crazy nightmare. Booker three for fourteen, zero for four on threes, minus forty one. He, he, Chris Paul's a minus thirty nine. Mikael Bridges a minus thirty, a minus forty. Wait, what did I say? Booker minus 41, Paul minus 39, Bridges minus 40. A mess all around for the Suns. And by the way, going back to that Celtics-Bucks game, I just noted, you know, Giannis had 25 points, 20 rebounds, 9 assists in that blowout loss. But you can just see, I mean, the, the loss of Middleton and, and the impact. I mean, the perimeter guys struggling so badly for the Bucks, other than Holiday. In that Game 7, uh, Wes Matthews, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton combined shot 2 for 17 and 0 for 12 on 3, Steve. I mean... Just that that team so badly missing their best perimeter player. It's obvious. Yeah, and I mean it just that's just stinks, and it stinks for the Memphis Grizzlies, and it stinks for so many of these teams that lost a really really good player mm-hmm. um, prior to the playoffs, and it's just tough, man. It's just it just stinks. I mean, you, there's not much you can say about it. It's I I feel like the Celtics. We're probably the better team here, even if Middleton mm-hmm. had played, but you'll, we'll never know. My original pick before the playoffs of the finals was Bucks Warriors. So now I'm going to revise it to Celtics Warriors. What do you have, Steve? What's your uh, what's your finals matchup coming out of this? Matt, I was hoping you could tell me. I was I was hoping that we could go back and talk about what I said at the beginning of the season, because I really have no yeah. no rec. Oh no no yeah beginning no of the postseason. Beginning of the postseason is all I'm all I'm talking about. I have no recollection of any of it. Um, I would hope I had the the Mavericks going sort of deep. I don't know that I had them beating the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah, I feel like I had. I know I didn't have the Boston Celtics in the East. Well, forget what you had. What do you have now? What, what, I have what, now? what are you picking? Yeah. Well, I, got, I got to stay on the bandwagon now at this point. I, it's, sure. I've got Luca mania over here worse than ever. Well, and um, For sure. You know, I was getting calls in the middle of the night last night, sort of like when the Braves won the World Series or went to the World Series back in 91. Like I'd been going through these years of frustration with these teams and it, it felt like that if i felt like i had won something last night with wow. just with luca winning like people are like way to go dude i knew you've been there since the beginning uh i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with celtics versus mavericks okay Finals. all right okay our, our fantasy sixth round in review is coming up in just a second first we're going to take a very quick break 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, Premier League, on the PGA Tour, and the NASCAR circuit. All right, Steve, we're going to continue this season in review series. The last five Mondays, we have done rounds one through five of Fantasy Leagues. Today, we're doing the sixth round, and just a reminder, if you haven't heard one of these yet, it's nine-category Fantasy Leagues. We're doing this on season averages, not totals. And we're doing this based on the regular season only, not including the playoffs. So with that out of the way, are you ready to jump into this? Yes. Number 61 in nine category leagues this past season was a guy by the name of Jeremy Grant. Now, pretty good all around season in terms of averages around 19 points, four rebounds, two and a half assists, nearly a steal, a block and two threes per game. Only played 47 games. Steve is the only caveat slash question there what are your feelings about jeremy grant fantasy option how, how old is jeremy grant matt can we jeremy start, grant, start yes there? i i will tell i will guess 27 mm. what's your I was thinking he was a little older than that i'm gonna say 29 okay well we're gonna but you're gonna good hit at the this old and i'm bad at it. i should always just take your lead and oh yeah that's uh, what i was gonna say guess what what he's 28 we were, okay. he turned 20, he's a, he's a young 28. He's a, he's 28 in a couple months and a couple months. Okay. Well, um, you know, I don't know what to think about Jeremy Grant. Yeah. It, what's his contract look like? Have we looked at that at all? Like, uh, let is, me pull it up. Be- is he, let me pull it up. I'm looking at it too. Well, let's just start here. They, the, Marvin Bagley is in Detroit mm-hmm. along with Kelly Olenek. He is a, he is a he's going to the final year of his contract, Steve. He one year left at 21 million and and definitely a guy who has been mentioned as a trade candidate. Expiring contract kind of guy, right? Yeah. So yeah, I there was a time like the year before last when he was in Detroit that he was sort of unstoppable for a while and he was. was really kind of a fun, sleepy fantasy player. But I feel like those days might be gone. They might be over. I mean 
I, I like the numbers as I that I cited, but I think if he starts next season on Detroit, my concern would be he's, he somehow stays in Detroit and then gets shut down. But I, I also think there's a good chance he gets traded this offseason or next year at some point and finds himself in a situation where he keeps playing. Anyways, th- that's just the stuff I'll, I'll keep in mind. Um, but I, I wouldn't hesitate to draft him in the middle rounds personally. Okay. Yeah, I'm not taking him in the sixth. No, that's fair. Kyle Lowry is number 60, was number 62 on the leaderboard during regular season. Now, I have said many times, I've found Lowry to be a fantasy value the last several years. Um, and even to this year, this year when he was on the floor, to an extent he was. Now, he had a couple personal absences where he missed time, only played 63 games. You know, for the regular season, averaged around 13.5 points, 7.5 assists. But he's now 36 years old, and seeing him break down in the playoffs, Steve, gives me quite a bit of pause going into next year. I think for the first time in a very long time, I'm likely going to be out on drafting Kyle Lowry. Well, I think you you may know where I stand here. I think I, I may. I, I think, think I may. I think I was dropping him across the board a long time ago. And you guys are like some some people. I don't know who I don't know who it was. Somebody on the podcast was like, I think you're gonna regret that. You can't just drop Kyle Lowry right now. And that was I was like, definitely I can't, I can't depend on him right now. I I, <laughs> I I need to win. I need a body in there that's doing something and playing. I'm done. I'm out. So yeah, I I was already on the fence with Kyle Lowry coming in. I, I seemed like I ended up with him on a lot of teams this past season because he was sitting there in this fifth or sixth round. And if you yeah. needed a third or second point guard to go along with a really you know good, reliable one, he was a great option this year. And I yeah. just ended up with him everywhere in like the whatever round. So, but I... Then we we crossed a bridge that I can't yeah. go back over, and I'm I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, it was a really easy seven and a half assists, you know, that you found in your fantasy drafts from Kyle Lowry, and that's a hard category, obviously. But whereas my my confidence has been restored or boosted, whatever verb you want to use, in the aging Al Horford, I'm, I'm shaking. My confidence is shaking a little bit when it comes to Kyle Lowry. So that's just where we are. Number 63, very different story. It's Jalen Brown. Now, this is an interesting one because we know real life, you know, he's a key part of a team that's going deep in the playoffs. So we're not really talking about his real life value. But when it comes to his fantasy value, I have a little bit of concern here, Steve, and I want to hear what you think about this. We saw this year just a small dip in a number of areas. His blocks, for one, went from 0.6 to 0.3. And that's interesting because that may seem like very little, but it, it kind of goes from all right, this guy's getting you a block here and there to this guy almost never gets you a block. So that one's notable. And after averaging 1.8 steals plus blocks last year, he was down to 1.4 total this year, steals plus blocks. His scoring went down by a point. I mean, just overall, he he slightly regressed a little bit this year, Steve. Nothing too dramatic, but when you look at the complete picture, it's notable. And that's why we find him in the sixth round of fantasy value. What are your thoughts on Jalen Brown fantasy guy? I think the drop in blocks thing is interesting. Like where did they go and why did they, why did they mm-hmm. leave? Yes. Um, I often ask that of blocks. Where did you go and why did you leave? We, we miss you block block shots. Yeah. And he's got that Luca esque free throw percentage, which true, you know, we don't like that. And the numbers that they just, they just don't, they just don't pop. Like some guys numbers pop. Like, like you hear the words Jalen Brown and you're like, ooh, yeah. let me get some of this because he's a, he's a great he's a great NBA player, 
mm-hmm. fantasy wise, he's he's uh, kind of a middle of, middle of the road guy. So I, I I'm a sucker for his name though. I'm telling you, if Jalen's sitting there in the fifth or sixth round, I'm I'm gonna take him. And I don't, I don't really think, think I don't think he'll be there in the sixth round. I don't think so either. This to me, this strikes me as a guy who's getting drafted ahead of where he finished on the leaderboard. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not totally against that either. Because if this is the floor, I, I don't want to sound like I'm totally down on the guy. Because if the floor is 23 and a half points, six rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal, and two and a half threes, well, we're not exactly starting in a horrible place. I'm just nitpicking a little bit because there were a few things I was disappointed in this year overall. Like the, the loss of those point three blocks, you're, you're, you're salty. Well, like you said, I mean the the back of the envelope math. You know, point three blocks is how many over the course of an eighty two game season, Steve? It's a it's a lot. It it's, adds up. It's almost a third 20, of eighty two, right? Twenty four. Is, is that my math? Twenty twenty five, something like that. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Anyways, you get the idea. Number 64, Jordan Poole, who obviously was a breakout player during the regular season, 18 half points, four assists, 2.83s, has continued it for the most part during the playoffs. A little bit up and down, but 21 points per game against the Nuggets, 17.8 against the Grizzlies. I'll be very curious to see his numbers versus Dallas, Steve. This is another guy where, regardless, is Jordan Poole really going to be there for us in the sixth round? That that seems like a, a dubious proposition. I think there's a lot of us who are, are mad that we did not end up with Jordan Poole on our team this year. Yeah. And I think a lot of people next year are going to be like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to yeah. sleep on the guy this time. We'll write that and he's wrong. probably going to be overdrafted. He's probably going to be taken around earlier than he should be taken. You know, watching this guy in college, I did not know this. I did not know this type of player was in, in, in there. Yeah. Playing alongside Steph Curry, I didn't, you know, he's sort of like the the uh Tyrese Maxey of the West. Like the, the you know, those two guys both playing against playing with very good players and still showing out and and having breakout years is, is pretty yeah. awesome. I mean, I think Jordan Poole is gonna go in round three or four of most drafts, regardless of what what the numbers say to do yeah so i don't think he's going to be on my teams again next year but you know if he's there in the fourth or fifth round and i I need a guard i'll take him i like him a lot agreed number 65 was clint capella and this is a guy who has parent you know year after year has kind of been a bit of a discounted fantasy leagues for whatever reason we always talk about that how he's an early round player who ends up going you know closer i don't know 40 50 whatever it is well this year he actually took a notable hit in terms of his production if you go back to last season, he was around 15 points, 14 rebounds, and two blocks per game. This year, that dipped to around 11 points per game, 12 rebounds with 1.3 blocks. So a notable hit in all three areas. It's it's worth mentioning he was coming off an Achilles procedure that slowed him down for a bunch of this year. I think he started to look a little bit more like himself later in the year, again, before the knee injury against the Cavs. But bottom line, needs to be better in fantasy. That means he needs to be better in real life. I you know, I, I want to watch this knee situation going to this offseason and how healthy he is going to next year because I think that really is going to be the, the difference maker, Steve. Yeah, and I thought that Clint Capella this season compared to Clint Capella last season was two different guys. Mm-hmm. Like last season, the year before, you know, my my phone was getting blown up almost every night by Jalen yeah. John. Or, <laughs> Jalen Hawks rookie 
Hawks rookie Jalen Johnson Jaylen was texting Johnson. you frequently. Jared Johnson. Hey, can you believe what my? Can you believe what Capella is doing? This guy just loves his veteran teammate. Okay, sorry. Carry well, Jared, on. I'm done with that Jared bit. Johnson would text me almost nightly, like Capella, because you know, I I kind of said I thought he would, he, you know, his career was on its way down, and he was kind of going to be a bust, but he actually was really good the year before last, and then this season. I felt like there were a lot of games where you looked at the box score and like, where was Clint Capella? Six points, mm-hmm. four rebounds, like just weird stuff. And then, you know, Okongwu is going to get more playing time next year. And hopefully John Collins is getting more, more games and more minutes next year. I, so I don't know, man. It feels like the, the Capella de- decline is real. I'm probably not drafting Clint Capella this year. Okay. That's fair. I would, you know, again, a lot could change in Atlanta this offseason. But I would bet on a Capella bounce back if he's fully healthy. And again, I mean, it's not like 11 points and 12 rebounds per game is anything horrendous. It's just not what we've come to expect from Capella. So that's where the disappointment comes in. Scotty Barnes was not a disappointment, Steve. The number 66 player in nine category leagues averaged around 15 points, seven and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks, 0.8 threes. I mean, feels like this guy is a potential fantasy star in the making. I think if you want him in fantasy leagues, in my mind, he may go in like the fourth round. I'm I'm just throwing a number out there. If you just kind of bake in what we're expecting to be a potential year two jump from the sixth round, does that make sense to you? Have you well, thought about this at all? I don't draft rookies. So once they're not once they're no longer rookies, then I usually over draft those players and scotty barnes yeah. is a guy that i really would like to have on all my teams next year i late third fourth round i mean i he's gonna go he's i think he's gonna be a third round guy just because of the the potential in those numbers and we've seen these guys Lamelo ball and and lots of other players go have put up pretty solid numbers in their rookie year their sophomore year and then take a huge leap the next year and I feel like that's what's going to happen with him. I mean, I'm not – I'm going to be throwing – I'm going to be going aggressively after Scotty Barnes. Man, if Scotty Barnes is going to the third, I think I just have to tip my hat and say, you got him. You did it. Enjoy it. I'm not saying that he should go in the third or that he's going to no, go in the third. But yeah. just as of right now, if he had mid-sixth round value this season, the sky's the limit next year. I, I don't know. No, I, I agree. Could see, I could see me going late fourth, late third round and, and taking him. Very different story with the number 67 player. That would be one Mike Conley, who we talked about in some detail on Friday with Raf. I think that was Friday, Thursday. It was Thursday, Steve. When we were talking about the players, our little fantasy playoff stock watch, players were high on coming out of the play so far in the playoffs, and players were a little bit down on. Mike Conley was one of those players. Really disappointing postseason for him. We talked about that on that episode. I think he shot 33.3% and just did not look like the same guy. He was serviceable during the regular season, but kind of like Kyle Lowry, I think we have to be careful drafting a point guard for serviceable stats when that point guard is now you know approaching or in his mid-30s. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, I yeah. agree with you all the way around, and I... I mean, if Mike Conley's sitting there in the tenth round, and I need a I need a point guard, I'm going to take him. But that's I mean, that's where we are with Conley. Yeah. All right, 
due to a glitch, this is always fun. Number 68 in on per game basis is the perils of per game production is Jalen Horde, who only played seven somewhat spectacular games for the Oklahoma City for the tanking Oklahoma City Thunder, lands at number 68 on the on the basis of those seven games. We're gonna skip him, Steve, and move to the next guy, unless you have any overwhelming thoughts about Jalen Horde. Oh, I was just excited to see how you were going to handle that. I thought maybe you might just skip right over him and go straight to Jakob Pertle. Yes. And not even mention Jalen Horde. Or maybe you were going to ask me to try to tell you who Jalen Horde plays for and see if I could remember. Uh, I wish I'd done that. That I wish I'd done that, but I already told you. No, let's go straight to uh, Mr. Guessing Game himself, though, Jakob Pertle. I think we we should jump there. 68 games for the Spurs this year, 13.5 points, 9.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.7 steals, 1.7 blocks. Again, had a very popular guessing game named after him. So what a season for Pirtle. Steve, what are your feelings on this guy? I mean, he we know he gets it done in one of the toughest categories to get block shots. He also got us almost three assists per game this year. There's a lot to like about this guy's skill set in fantasy at this point. And uh, yeah, he'd be a guy I'm excited to draft if I need a big man. It's a lot of blocks and a lot of a lot of missed free throws coming from Jakob. Uh, I like the way you're like, and he had a big guessing game named after him. So big year for Jakob Pertl. And it was a big year for Jakob Pertl. And one of the highlights of the year was when, he, when we had the inventor of the, the Pertl game yes. join us uh, on this podcast. So I like Pertl. I know Ryan Knauss loves Jakob Pertl. Yeah, well documented. Who really doesn't? Love Jakob Pertl at this point. So 13 and a half points, nine boards, a lot of blocks. If, you, if, if he was a 75% free throw shooter, man, I don't even know. But I, I'm, Pertl looks like a great way to burn a sixth round pick this year. I'm with you. And by the way, that was our mark. I don't know that he can, I don't, I don't know that he can do much more than he's done. I don't know that his ceiling is any higher than it's where it is right now. Yeah, great to see though the you know the points get to where they did and the rebounds because it it did feel for a minute there like oh Jakob Pertl is going to be like a seven point eight rebound one point five blocks per game guy like a, a shot blocking specialist maybe mainly who you have on your roster but is a little frustrating he he jumped past that this year so that was great to see and that reference that interview you referenced with the creator of the game Pertl was on March seventh if anyone wants to go back and check that out I recommend it that was a fun interview. Matt, are you still playing Pirtle? True, uh, truthfully, no, I'm not. Although my son keeps asking me to play, and and I need just for him, I feel like I need to keep doing it because he's like, can my yeah. son still plays Pirtle every yeah. single day? I he like he's, yeah, he's still in, really into it. I'm I'm still the only one I'm really still doing is Wordle, Matt, and I'm not gonna lie, Wordle got me today. No spoiler no. alerts. No spoilers. Only the second time in history I did not get the Wordle. I still enjoy Pirtle when I play it, and I have played it some, but I have fallen off the everyday train. I am an I am an occasional Pirtle yeah. player at this point. Yeah. Maybe when the season gets back going, though, next year we'll we'll have a renewed Pirtle. I think fever. so. I think so. Number seventy. Do we have Lowry Markin in fever, Steve? He averaged. 14.8 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.5 blocks, 2.23s for Cleveland in 61 games. I mean, when I look at that stat line, it's a lot of points and threes. 
and not a whole lot else. I just, what I wrote down about marketing is more valuable in real life than fantasy. And I, I'm just not, this is a guy I used to be pretty high on is, you know, kind of, I felt like he had some upside. He had a couple stretches of a couple seasons where he flirted with early round value for the Bulls. And I just don't see that for him in Cleveland playing on that front line. Well, and I feel like it's one of those things where when is the Laurie Markkinen breakout coming? And we've been waiting a long time. Mm -hmm. And now it's sort of like, we know it's never coming. And I also look at that 61 games played Mm -hmm. number. I don't love that. And I think he's just a a fancier version of Davis Bertans. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. I feel, I I feel almost like that's a little harsh, but I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it go. By the way, let's play this one. How old is Lowry Markinen? Twenty, uh, twenty-seven, twenty-six, twenty-four. Dang, he turns twenty-four in six days. Big birthday coming up. Twenty-five, twenty-five in six days. Big birthday coming up. Well, I was, I was switching to twenty-six, as you said. I'll tell you, I'll, I'm going to call that. I missed it by a year. <laughs> okay, okay, or three. Number <laughs> seventy-one, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Average 15 points, around four rebounds, three assists, a steal, 2.73s. Only played 63 games. I mean, again, the story here is health being kind of the lingering concern. The knee was bothering him late in the playoffs for the Hawks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's a Hawk. I like him a lot. I I think I'd draft him in the middle rounds, but I think we know the risks and the potential rewards. Dude, that was perfectly said. He's a Hawk. I like him. He's a good player. If he's there in the middle of my draft, I'm probably going to take him. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, also, my friend Nick was blowing me stuff on Twitter last night. He's like, it must be nice to be able to root for two teams. And I'm like, dude, uh, my allegiance, the day of the Luka draft, pretty much shifted to Dallas. I, I think I've established that. Now, I, I still am a Hawks fan. I root for the Hawks. But they're like they're like my second secondary team. So I was like, it's not fair to be yelling at me for getting excited about Luca. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going. But if Bogey's there in the sixth round this year, I'm gonna draft him because I like him and he's a hawk. And I have two teams and you don't. So whatever. Take that, Nick. Nick, uh how did you and Nick that, did Nick. you and Nick settle things? Where do things stand? Nick Abbasy. Everything good with you and Nick? Uh, I think we're okay. Um, yeah, he's a huge Boston Celtics fan. Okay. And Nick, Nick and I used to go see Boston play the Pacers every time okay. they came to town back in the day when we were when I was in Indiana. So. I mean, about the two th- two teams thing. I, he, Nick does raise a good point, but I mean, at the same time, it's you know, it's your it's your life, Steve. If you want to root for if you want to root for two NBA teams, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you can't. You know, we can give you a hard time about it, but I'm, you know, go for it. Well, you know, my son that's in the Navy, Chandler, he, um, at the kitchen table one day, he was like, hey, you know what, dad? And I said, what? He goes, you can't have two favorites. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, the word favorite implicitly means that it's one thing. You can't have two favorites. And that's, so I have a, that's always kind of stuck with yeah. me, the, the two favorites argument. I like it. Wise words. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Ingram. Yes. Matt. Number 72, the last player we're going to talk about today was the guy you just mentioned, Brandon Ingram. The numbers first, 
22.7 points, 5.8 rebounds, 5.6 assists. We like all of that. We like good percentages, around 46 from the field, 82.5 from the free throw line. But we don't love 0.6 steals and 0.5 blocks, Steve. And that's where kind of the only – that and missed games, we kind of have a recurring theme today with this with this sixth round. Ingram only played 55 games. So that's where I knock him as a fantasy player. My bigger concern than the missed games is the steals and blocks. And I kind of just feel like that's where we are with Ingram, you know? Yeah, and I think all three of those things are problems. There's also this little issue about how he looks playing alongside Zion Williamson, Mm -hmm. which we still don't know. But I assume Zion is going to be back and ready to roll this coming season. Some guys play with good players and get better, and some guys play with good players and and fade. Either way, you have to think Ingram's scoring is going to take some kind of hit if, if New Orleans is all healthy next year cj mccollum looked really good zion is a is a guy that needs the ball in his hand so and i feel like that's the strongest thing that ingram does is score the basketball you add in the missed game factor you add in the lack of steals and blocks and it's it's a slippery slope with brandon ingram i'm not going to reach for him next year seventh round seventh round well he'll be, i think he'll be long gone at that point i would imagine well, then somebody else can have him. They can, he can be their favorite. I'm not opposed to drafting. You can only have one I'm favorite. not opposed to drafting Ingram. I just think you got to go in with eyes open. And I'm not too worried about – I wouldn't be too worried about like a dramatic drop-off or something with Zion there. I still think he's – maybe you, you shave off a little bit in terms of the points and assists, but I wouldn't do anything crazy with those numbers. So, I don't know. I'd be fine with drafting him. He's not going to be a guy that I move up early on my draft board to prioritize getting him. I think I just if he's there, I, I won't. I won't hesitate to take him if he's there in the right spot. Okay, right. I like it. Man, I feel like we're shortchanging the people, only giving them 11, 11 players in that round. Well, I, I, I feel I'll be like honest. pulling one I, from round but, seven, but, but then we, but then that, that throws off I next know. week. Throws off You're next right. Monday. And I think we have to. I think we stick with round seven because what intrigue round seven has with Bradley Beal right at the top of it. So I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna save it. Dude, there's a lot of fun stuff in round yeah, seven th- to I talk about. I'm excited. Round seven just happens to be it will be forever known as the Jalen Horde round, and we're just gonna we're just gonna uh, live with that. Now, yes, I will be here next Monday. Okay, okay good. I, I thought I was gonna be thought I might be gone. Okay. Wait, did I get somebody to fill in? Is that the one I had somebody? That was fill June third, Steve. And what a thrill this is for our listeners to hear us talk about the schedule. A little little bonus for okay. you. Okay, all right. We'll see you next Monday talking about round, round seven. Before Matt. we go, we have an episode of Tales from the Attic coming up for those listening on the podcast only right now. You're about to hear another one of Steve's strange but true basketball stories. And I think it's a fun one, Steve. I'm looking forward to this one. Shall we play it? Carl Malone, let's go. Matt Straup here with Steve Alexander. And it is time once again for one of Dr. A's Tales from the Attic, these strange but true tales from the lifetime of Steve Alexander of uh, his encounters with the basketball world, most of them centering around sneakers. And for this one, I believe we're going back to November 23rd, 1985. Steve, pick it up, get it started. What's the story here? Uh, The Utah Jazz were visiting the Indiana Pacers that day for their only trip to Indy that season. Now, 1985, uh, the draft that year was the big Patrick Ewing, David Stern, 
envelope corner, et cetera, oh, draft. Man. So everybody knew Patrick Ewan was going first. The second pick was held by my Indiana Pacers at the time, and they drafted Wayman Tisdale out of Oklahoma, which was sort of a, a no-brainer pick at the time. He scored a ton uh-huh. of points for Oklahoma. Now, the guy I wanted the Pacers to draft and the, the rookie I was most excited about played at Louisiana Tech. It was Carl the Mailman Malone. Uh, yes. He did not get drafted until 13th in that draft. Guys like Kenny Green, Keith Lee, Ed Pinckney, Joe Klein, and Matt, your favorite Atlanta Hawk of all time, Johnny Conkak, oh, uh, were legend. all all drafted ahead of Carl Malone that year. Wow! So, yeah, it, it, it was pretty pretty crazy times. So, so I'm down at the Hyatt in Indianapolis, all fired up to meet the mailman. Okay. okay. And it by the way, off. the Hyatt, the Hyatt. If you're hearing this for the first time, everyone. This is where Steve used to stalk NBA players. This was Steve's stalking ground to try to acquire sneakers primarily, but any NBA memorabilia that he could get his paws on. So carry on. They all stayed at the Hyatt. The only one that didn't was Michael Jordan and the Bulls. His rookie year, they stayed out at at the airport, Hilton, I think. And that's where I met Michael Jordan. Anyway. So, and I, I like to call it my old stomping grounds, Matt, not, not stalking okay. grounds. Cause oh, the more I tell these did I stories, say, <laughs> did I say stalking? I meant to say stomping. That was a the, misspeak. If, if the I more did. I tell these stories, the more I'm like, man, I was, I was insane. Anyway, um, Carl Malone comes, comes off the elevator. Of course, yeah. me and my friend Greg are standing there. Joe may have been there, you know, oh, yeah. not very many people. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big, uh, turnout for a mailman's arrival. So, of course, I, I hate him. I'm like, mailman, you're my guy. Loved you at Louisiana Tech. I'm mad the Pacers drafted Wayman Tisdale instead of you. You're going to have a better career. You're the better player. This is garbage. Can I have your shoes after the game? He's like, yeah, man, I got you. I'm like, sweet. So I, I'm like, how are we doing this? He's like, just meet me meet me outside the locker room after the game. I'm like, okay, awesome, man. So needless to say, Matt, I'm pretty fired up as we, oh, as yeah. we walk out of there. Yeah, and I mean, this is your, you kind of feel like you've discovered the mailman almost at this point, you know? Well, it's funny because when I was when I was writing a book about these these tales from the attic, uh, one of the things I wrote was, you know, I was an indie rock music guy and I liked trying to discover bands before anybody else okay. did. And I felt like mailman was my... Uh, you know, 1981 REM. Yeah. You know, like not, not a mailman, not a bad name for an indie band for what it's worth. Not a, not a bad idea. Um, the postal service, uh, but mailman, I, I didn't know he was going to turn out to have the career that he had, but I mean, he had an incredible career. And as it turns out, I, I latched on to, to picking someone who was very good at basketball. For yeah, this, he was good. For this deal. He was good. Okay, so the game goes down. The Jazz hang on to win 102 to 101. Uh, oh, baby. Adrian Dantley had 25. Mailman had 11 points and 10 boards. Now, interestingly, and unrelated to Mailman, I also was given – Bobby Hansen gave me his shoes uh, that okay. evening, and Mark Eaton gave me his shoes. Wow. After what that game. So I'm hanging out. Outside the locker room, Bobby Hansen, who played at Iowa, gave me his shoes, signed them. Um, Eaton gives me his shoes, signs them. And I've got two pairs already. I'm just waiting for Mailman. Well, Mailman never comes out of the locker room. Oh, no. And, oh, no is right, Matt. I'm like, what is going on? Where is Mailman? I start, asking, 
I start asking people like, where's mailman? Somebody's like, Oh, he went, he got on the early bus Oh no! to go back to the hotel. Cause he's got stuff to do tonight. So I mean, no, 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 no. Uh, somehow I get, I get, I head back to the Hyatt. I'm like running. I can see myself running through the streets of downtown. Yeah, running with Mark Eaton's shoes, waving through the air at midnight with a pair of size 17s and a pair of 14s. Just yeah, whatever. So I get there, and that there's a bus with Utah Jazz players on it, unloading right at that time. And like okay. all these guys get off, and I'm standing there watching this, and mailman gets off the bus. All right. And okay. he's still wearing his game shoes along with his uh, civilian, his civvies, his clothes. Okay. okay. He's got his game shoes on and he turns instead of coming into the hotel, he turns and goes around the bus. So I switch my angle up and he gets in this black Mercedes with tinted windows. Okay. And he's like, he's getting ready to be out of there. And of course, yeah, he's gone. I run out the door walk right up to this Mercedes passenger window and knock on it. Man, Mailman rolls down the window and I'm like, dude, I thought you were going to give me your shoes. She's like, dude, I'm wearing them right now. I'm getting ready to go to dinner with Wayman through Tisdale's driving the Mercedes. The oh, guy wow. that I just lambasted for wow. a solid 10 minutes back at the hotel. So I look in there, I'm like, Oh, Hey Wayman. And, uh, man, man's like, dude, I'm going to eat dinner right now with Wayman these are the only shoes I had to wear. I'm sorry, man. I'm like, all right. Rocking it. What, what was what was Carmelo an LA gear guy? He's, he's got his LA gears on. That was probably before LA gear. I'm going to show you the mailman shoes in a second. Okay. Cause that's a story okay. unto itself. I got it. I got ahead of myself. Okay. So let's, let's zoom ahead. What happens next? So mailman, as I'm turning around like Charlie Brown with my head down, Lucy's just pulled the kick, the kick, pulled the football out from underneath me. Yeah. I'm walking away and he's like, Hey, hey, kid. And I turn around, I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, What's your name? And I said, Steve. He goes, They're going to be at the front desk of the lobby of the hotel tomorrow morning. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to sign them for you and leave them at the front desk. Wow. Just come down and get them tomorrow. I'm like, Awesome, man. Thanks. And I walk away and I'm thinking to myself, he's not leaving his shoes at the front desk for me. There's, there's no way this is happening. Yeah. So I go home with two pairs of shoes, but not the, not the pair I really wanted. And uh, of course I'm up bright and early in the morning. I'll fire yeah. up. I call. Down I know, I'm, surp- like, I'm surprised you didn't just go to sleep in the lobby. I was kind of picturing you just curl up in like a comfortable chair in the lobby, <laughs> draped in yeah. shoes and go to sleep. I'm sure it was a restless night uh, yeah. for me that night. Yeah. I remember I got up, I went to the kitchen, you know, we had like a rotary phone attached to the wall in the kitchen. I got the, the old yellow pages out, looked up the, the Hyatt's phone number, called down there. I'm like, hey, um, this is a weird question, but there is there a big pair of basketball shoes laying around there somewhere for a, for a guy named Steve? And she put me on hold and she comes back. She's like, yes, sir, I've got them right here. Wow. I'm like, oh, my God. So go down there. Pick them up and these, Matt. Oh, baby. These are Akeem Olajuwon Dreams, Etonic wow. Dreams. Um, they were neutral in color, and mailman or the equipment manager actually took a marker 
and a purple marker and colored this in. Oh my god! On both sides. So um, this is a massive white with some off-white high top. Um, this shoe is straight out of the 1980s, like or like from an outer space situation. I mean, this is an incredible retro high top here. Just trying to get a picture for you. I had two pairs of these myself. Now that unfortunately, wear and tear and Father Time has has taken given these things a beating. But he had signed on both sides: Carl Mailman Malone, Utah Jazz, best wishes, number thirty-two, and he signed that on both sides of both shoes. I, even though these things are in poor condition, I would think a pair of rookie mailman shoes would would be worth something i have no idea what but i don't know oh man i, I think they're Gay, pretty cool. hey ho- game worn and dinner worn to be clear that's a that's that's got to be part of the sales pitch absolutely dinner worn with wayman tisdale <laughs> i love the image of him wearing those shoes you know with like a nice pair of slacks on you know and like a button-down shirt he changed into everything else but just threw those shoes back on that's the image i want and i don't want you to change it Matt, I, I don't even. I mean, can you imagine Trey Young going to dinner in his game worn Adidas? So good. Like it's, Luca it's so going good. to dinner in his Lucas? I mean, it just wouldn't happen today. There's no it's way. Tremendous. Okay. Hope you enjoyed that. If you're listening, the old Dr. A stalking ground. Good times there, Steve. I love that one. That was Ugh. fun. That was a fun Wrong. time. <laughs> that is going to do it for us on this episode don't forget to subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts, on spotify wherever you listen take a minute to rate and review us as well we're going to be here wednesday and friday the rest of this week so we will see you then in the meantime thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live with us and steve thank you as always i'll talk to you later soon whatever bye-bye Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.